So the big question is this. How can runners like you, who aren't professional athletes or paid sponsored runners, avoid injury and increase athletic performance to enjoy running race events for the rest of your life without wasting money on trends or using dangerous painkiller drugs? That is the question. And on hashtag Run Pain Free Podcast, your host, sports biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio, gives you the answers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Run Pain Free Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio, and this podcast is brought to you by the 2020 Run Pain Free Marathon Training Summit. It is the virtual conference for runners and marathoners all around the world with experts from all around the world. We mean business. MarathonTrainingSummit.com. Go register, get your free ticket right now, and if you want more, get that all-access pass. Go do that while I chat. So today, I'm actually going to go over a little bit more about Miss Dina Castor, Olympian, medalist, professional runner, amazing woman, who we do have on the Marathon Training Summit. And I'm going to talk a little bit, a little bit specifically about her book, Let Your Mind Run. I loved this book, and I've, I'm a self-proclaimed, I don't read a lot. I really don't. <laughs> so if a book really gets me, it's an amazing book because I'm hard to sit down and really get into a book. And this book really grabbed me from day one and I said to her, this should be a movie. Uh, it's very well written and very visual and just exceptional. I digress. What we're talking about today though is how to understand how to run 26.2 miles with only doing one 20 miler like a pro. This is a professional runner. She was a collegiate competitor. She was a competitor, an Olympian. And then she went into marathon training, marathon running, which is very different. And she talks about that descriptively in here, which I encourage everybody to go get her book, Let Your Mind Run Right Now, Dina Castor. Go get it. You can get it. And she talks about that because they are very two different sports. She talks extensively about having the two different worlds come together and really understanding it and what it did for her and her running for herself personally and how it just exposed everything all in one little pocket for her. But why I'm going into that a little bit more than why, well, Jessica, you're talking about 26.2 miles. It's because it all matters. And this is an Olympian who did not understand marathon training at all. And there's a specific part in this book where her coach talks to her about it because she's wondering how her body's gonna be able to handle 26.2 having only ran 20 mile, a 20 miler after doing a 23 miles and her body just didn't, didn't like it. And so she goes through all this and says, flat out, I just didn't understand marathon training. And here's the long and the short of it. I don't allow my runners to run more than 18 milers, especially if they've been running marathons. And if beginners, I do say to go about uh, to go 20. That's my that's my preference. And so most professional coaches do the same. They don't go over 20 miles. So when I get runners in, they're like, oh, I have 22. I'm doing 23. I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know where that came from. It's definitely not a professional thing. It's not it's not it's not. I, I don't know, but this is why a lot of runners get injured because they do these online run programs that are not for them, they are not specific to them, their needs, their goals, what their body can and can't do, any injuries they got, none of that is actually accounted for in these online run programs or virtual coaches for the most part. Nothing against anybody, it's just what it is, and I'm a person coming from a expert in injuries and running specialist and athletics, so 
I come from it from that perspective. So it's very, honestly, you really can't generalize this type of stuff. It has to be person specific. It just has to. And so I really do go on and on and on about that because you have to understand that about your body. Now, that being said, one run is not going to allow you to do a marathon. Just because you ran 20 miles doesn't mean you're going to be able to run a marathon. It's because you put all the other mileage in there for six months, five months, four months, depending on your level. The more advanced runners start four months, five months. The more beginner runners starts at six months, seven months to start building up their mileage. That buildup of mileage is what allows you and enables you to run a marathon. If you don't run at all, and then you, and I know, I've heard this a million times from runners that are like, so-and-so didn't train at all, Jessica. And then they went and ran one 15 miler and was like, I'm good, I'm gonna run this marathon. And got severely injured, tanked, felt terrible, body shut down, terrible stories I have heard. Because people really think that if they can just run one, one time, that they can run a marathon. That's not the case. Conditioning happens in the work, the strength work, the resistance work, the biomechanics building, that's conditioning. The training happens on the run, that's training. So if you're not training your body to run ever, I don't know where the hell you think you're going for 26.2. But when you put all these months in, all these mileages in, when it comes down to it, running 20 miles is all you need. Putting more mileage on your body in one shot is not actually not healthy. And that can be talked about with cardiac rehab, cardiologists, kidney specialists. They can all tell you that because there's actual data on that. It's actually not healthy. So, especially repeatedly. I can't, I hate when I see somebody send me a run program that they're following and there's like several 20 plus milers on it. I don't know where this idea came from. No professional runner does that. These are top notch. Dina is an Olympian and she's running 121 she in this in this book she talks about how many mileage that her biggest mileage I think was 137 in a week she's a professional runner she still has the fastest clocked mile in a marathon ever she holds the fastest American female marathoner title for 17 years I believe she's extreme okay she's a professional runner she's an Olympian for a reason she's running those mileage so when someone who's at a local level who's running because they love to run is telling me they're putting in 100 miles a week, I don't know what you're doing, but I know for damn sure there's no way in hell you're able to rest that because you have a job to go to, you have bills to pay, you're not a professional runner, so it's not your job to run. Your job is other things, and then you run on, in your leisure. So if you're still able to get in 100 miles a week, you're definitely not sleeping. You're definitely not sleeping, so you're definitely not resting. That means you're not eating enough either. So there's so many things that's adding up against you and you're pushing your body to the limits that you don't realize because those effects come with accumulation, okay? So when I'm talking about her, I want you to take this level and bring it down a notch to what you're doing to suit your life because the majority of runners are not professional runners. The majority of runners are slower runners. They just are. Most runners are in a pocket of, you know, over 10, 11, 12 minute runners. That's, that's the majority of runners. So when you're hearing stories like Dina's and you're trying to fit it into your run regimen, it's not going to, and it's not made to. It's made for you to hear this story and then bring it down a notch for what's ideal for you, what your body does. And it's also to look at it and be like, well, you know what? 
if an Olympian <laughs> is running 100, 130 miles a week, I really don't think I should be doing that. Right. That's what it should do. That's what it also should do to help you, to benefit you. Point is, this is an Olympian who's still, even with all those miles in a week, she's only running a 120 miler. She's running a 20 miler. She's never going over 20 miles. And her coach explicitly says this, it's about tapering. And a lot of people don't believe in taper. Now, I've gone back and forth with tapering because I have a lot of clients that do the triple challenge, which is Berlin, Chicago, and New York. I have a lot of run pain-free people are known to do that because we condition people well here and I'm very, I'm a hawk-like on top of people and I make sure that they're, I condition them for their goals. And if someone I don't feel is physically fit to do so, I would never be on board with saying, hey, do that. That would not be the case. But the ones that have done it have been physically fit and healthy to do so. And with the travel involved and the lag time and the jet lag and the time difference, it does a lot on your body. It's why it's called the triple challenge. A lot of runners do that. Not only just ours, but I know tons of runners who do that. I had a runner last year who did four of the six majors <laughs> in one year. So there are a lot of runners out there who are able to do that, who are conditioning on a regular basis. The issue is that most runners don't train properly, meaning they don't run program properly and they definitely don't condition at all. Conditioning is what you're doing with me, like in the Run Pain Free program where you're conditioning your body, your biomechanics, strength training, functional training, sports specific training, that's conditioning. The, the actual training is your run. So all the grit and the work happens with someone like me, and then the fun happens on the run when you're training your mileage. So you're actually seeing on the run what the work here has done for you or not done for you. So if you don't have those two things to bounce off of, then you become one of the 80% of runners that are injured, the runners who are deferring, the runners who are being deemed, oh, you don't put the work in and all that stuff. That's how that happens. And it's unfortunate because the majority of runners do that. But that's what we here at Run Pain Free are about because we are here to give this information to local athletes, to runners who like to run, who it's a hobby for, who they just love to do it because you guys aren't getting the information that professional runners like Dina gets, for instance, or Sarah Hall gets, for instance, or um, Laura Sadal gets, for instance. You, you're not getting these information. That's what the Marathon Training Summit is for. So there's a whole bunch of these athletes on here who are talking about that so you can understand, hey, it's not actually craziness that Jessica's piping on these airwaves. It's actual real because she's an expert in what she does. And now these professional runners are saying the same thing I've heard Jessica say a million times. <laughs> That's what you're going to learn on the marathontrainingsummit.com. Go get your ticket. And so she really does talk about that. And she, I love that she just admitted, I had no idea what marathon training was. It just didn't make sense to me. She was a track and field runner. They're two different sports. Very two different sports, two different of mechanics, muscle firings, different muscles that move at different times. The ballisticness is all different. She trains a lot at elevation. We talk about that on here. A lot of a lot of professional athletes train in Colorado, Arizona, Oregon. They train in the hills and the mountains of California. They train because it changes how your body works and recovers. It does, it changes everything. So this is what this is about. And I wanted to get in here and talk about because people are always like, I need to run more. And you don't run to run, guys. I've said that a million times on my podcast. I've said it in events. I say it on lives. I go bananas online all the time about it. Nobody runs to run. They condition to run. 
they condition to run. And this is conditioning, hill training, going up a hill, finishing a 15 miler, I believe is what she talks about in the book and at, right at this point, she's finishing, she finishes up the hill. I actually program that on many of my run programs to finish uphill. I require hills in, in their run programs because that's how a long distance runner gets endurance, gets strength and gets faster. It ain't speed work. Speed work is how you get hurt because there's nothing to do with a friggin' marathon, okay? And I'm tired of saying it, but I'll probably still say it forever because there's still ridiculousness out there doing it. Um, that's not what professional long distance runners do. It's just not. They run hills, they run in trails, they run up, they run mountains for God's sakes, literally, with elevation because you actually, and then you actually recover a lot faster at sea level. So there's a lot of difference. So someone who lives by the ocean and is running by the ocean, you're never gonna feel that effect of running up a hill, feeling that difference. And then you go run something like Newark where you got five bridges and you got hills out the wazoo, you may never understand what that feels like unless you actually do that. You're not gonna know how to adjust your body unless you do that. So when you train in those conditions and you train your body to get that endurance up, there's a different outcome, there's a different result from that. And when a professional runner is telling you this, A, didn't know it, that's first you need to listen to because when you can admit what you don't know, you're already better than the rest, that's one. And two, take it in, listen. Listen to somebody who knows what they're talking about like she did with her coach, she listened to him. She watched it and then she let her body tell her what he was saying, she felt it, she felt the difference. And she says, you know, the more I was doing it, the more I was like, wow, I was intimidated and then I felt so much better. Like, wow, I can really do this. It built her confidence up. That's what it did. That's what that's what hills do. When I first started running, I started running in the South Bronx. There's nothing but hills in the South Bronx. Really long, extended, unnecessarily long hills in the South Bronx. That's what they are. You don't even realize you're going up a hill until you're huffing and puffing and getting annoyed and like punching the air because it's an, an annoying hill. That's all I ran. I had never ran more than seven miles on those hills. And then one day, my training partner and I was like, like let's, let's run from Battery Park City, and for those of you who don't know, that's the, pretty much the bottom of Manhattan, to Harlem, which is pretty much the top of Manhattan. And it was a 13, about 13.9, I believe, was the full length that we did. And I banged it out. I banged it out. Having had never ran more than seven miles, but because I ran seven miles of hills every day, it conditioned me to run flat. So there's a lot to be said about hill training. There's a lot to be said about endurance training for an endurance athlete, endurance athlete, not an anaerobic. Anaerobic is not endurance. That's sprinting. That's anaerobic. That's dancing, anaerobic. That's um, even tennis, anaerobic, stop, go, stop, go, baseball, stop, go. That's anaerobic. Endurance is swimming, cycling, running, Consistently moving your cardiovascular system needs to be built in an endurance sustainability fashion, okay? Hills do that, hills do that. Don't do any hills, good luck running for four hours. Good luck, it's not gonna look too pretty. And so that's why it's not about, you never run 26.2 to run 26.2. It's the mileage coming up to it, it's the dedication and the commitment and the consistency of the mileage leading up to it that allows you to run that one shot. That's why I was able to run 13 miles, having never ran more than seven. And that was not planned. I just ran and I was like, oh, we're just gonna keep going. You know, not a big deal. That's how that happened. So there's real truth in that. And I always encourage everybody to hear what I'm saying and go do it. Go do it. Find out for yourself. Let your body tell you what I'm saying. Feel what I'm saying. 
and, and people who have been through the Run Pain Free program know that the consult is, I'm going to give you what, I, what you need to do. That's part of the consult. And then go run. And then tell me how you feel. Text me. See you later. Bye. That's how we do. Because I want you to feel what I'm saying on the run. And then I want you to tell me what your body said to you so that I can, ten, I can relate it and translate it back to you for what it's actually saying. That's real consult. That's real specific to the person. You have no feedback otherwise. You have no way of figuring that out otherwise. You have to understand what you're giving somebody, what their body's gonna do with it, and then translate that when they come out of it. Because it's gonna give you feedback. So you need to have that level of understanding for, the le- for your mileage going into it, what you're putting into it. For those of you out there that think you can run 26.2 miles and think you're gonna run 26.2 miles and never run anything and run a marathon, good luck with that. Also, someone who's running five days a week and running several over 20 milers, good luck with that. Hello, tap out city by mile 10 and 11. How about tank out? Those are the ones that hit a wall. Run pain tree runners don't hit walls. I, I, hate, I hate to break the news to everybody out there who have never heard anything like that, but that's the truth. Run pain free runners do not hit walls. Why? Because they condition and they run properly. They run properly. We don't allow more than three days of running here. And you'll hear that in the Marathon Training Summit for marathon runners. You'll hear that. Now, we are again speaking at local hobbyist running levels. I do have had worked with semi-pros and pros where I still kept that same three days. It's different. It's different conditioning. There's other things involved in it. Yes, 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 yes. So in general, I keep it three. Now you hear the first founders, Dr. Bill Pierce and Dr. Scott Murr. They did. They have an entire running scientific training institute where they tested this on all types of people. And they themselves only allow three days of running. So there's a lot of science and data behind that. There's a lot of science and data behind that. And also because, again, going back to what Dina's coach said to her, Coach Vihil, you have to rest. So when you give your body the mileage, uh, with, with the rest involved, your body knows what to do with it when it comes race day. Don't give your body any rest. Good luck. So there's three things I just said good luck to. Good luck to not running at all and then banging out one 26-miler or 23-miler and one 15-miler or something like that, thinking you're going to run a full marathon without failing. Um, run every day of the week plus several over 20-milers and think you're going to run another marathon without failing at some point. Or... Uh, run and don't rest, don't sleep, don't taper, don't do any of that. And again, nice try. Good luck with that. Let me know how that works out for you. I'm probably talking to the masses. You probably all did what I just said. I'm sure you know somebody who's not trained at all and then did one or two runs and then thought they were going to run the marathon with no problem. I'm sure you know somebody who runs every day of the week and thinks that's the best way to go and has every kind of tape, brace, shot, support, orthotics, stability sneaker, out the wazoo, pain everywhere, Achilles problems, hamstring problems, knee problems, knee pain, runner's knee, Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis. I'm sure you know somebody who's done that thinking they're going to run a marathon with no problem when they're already broken. Or someone who just doesn't rest, runs 100 miles a week, doesn't rest, doesn't sleep, doesn't eat well, and let's see how they go. It's sad because the ones that run that 100 miles a week, they're probably more elitist at the local level, and they probably do have a lot more promise than they're giving their body credit for. And just because how they're caring for their body, it's not being expressed, which is sad. I see it all the time. I see a lot of runners with great potential who just don't care for their bodies properly, and it 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 changes how they perform and and they get very low on themselves depressed and 
I see it all the time on, on both scales. I see somebody who's never thought they could run a day in their life and then go out there and run a sub five marathon. Like that's unheard of, but I've seen it happen. And they're like, oh my God, I didn't know I had this athletic ability in me. Right, because you never nurtured yourself and worked out properly like baseline. So there's a lot of this that goes on and there's a lot of misconceptions. And so what I wanted to do is just get on here and tell you from a professional fastest woman ever, <laughs> literally, She's in her book talking about that exactly, coming from the track and field world, translating it into marathon training, and her first, you know, running the New York City Marathon after 9-11. And this is what she's talking about, and that's what this, this portion of that training that I'm talking about is, was for the New York City Marathon, and she had to get ready to run this hilly, bridgy, out-of-control marathon, New York City. It just is what it is. So... There's a lot to be understood and said about this, and I hope you took some notes and maybe reflected on what you have done, maybe what you've heard other people doing. Maybe you're incorporating other people's things that don't apply to you, that you shouldn't. And again, the Marathon Training Summit is really, I tell you again and again, please watch this alone. Take this in alone. Digest this alone. Don't let any noise in because everybody needs to think about themselves. You and your friends need to watch this. We need to watch every interview by yourself so you can actually take in what everybody is saying for yourself. This way, there's no pressure on you. You can be honest with yourself. You can be vulnerable. I really encourage you to, because that's what this is about. Take this year, 2020, is an official training year. We've been saying it since January, and then it got enforced with the pandemic. And it really is something to be said. Like, take this time to really get in on you, why you're running the way you're running. When are you running and why are you running at that time? How are you running? Are you running successfully? Are you running good? Are you running fueled? Or are you feeling like crap? This is the summit that's going to address all of those things. Mind, body, physical performance, emotional aspects. Everything is, is, a lot, is addressed in here for you to actually gain and grow with it. So use this because... I know there's a lot of what everybody hears is elites and a lot of elites, this and that. And the majority of runners are not elites. They're just not. They're slow runners. They're runners under 10, over 10, 11, 12 minute runners. That's the bulk. Especially if you're enjoying your run, you want to run at a pace where you can enjoy everything and enjoy the marathon and the scenes and this and that. You know, this just the bulk of the runners is not two hour marathoners. It's just not. So there are. There's something to be said about all the information out there is about the elites. And then hobbyist runners and runners who are not elite are supposed to decipher that information to make it work for them. And you guys can't do that, especially if you don't have a coach that's trained in it. Well, luckily, the Run Pain Free podcast is yours truly, who actually does have expertise in that. And I'm here to translate it for you. <laughs> So you get to understand, stop applying everything to you and listen to it and break it down for yourself. How to apply it for yourself. If an Olympian is telling you, I don't understand marathon training, why the hell do you think you do? Why do, why do you think you do? You probably don't. Take a step back, reassess, reevaluate. There's a lot of hoopla out there. There's a lot of know-it-alls out there that don't know what they're talking about. That if anybody tried to do their job within one day, they would lose their shit. Lose it. 
but yet they think they can tell you everything about running. There's a lot of them out there. I'm sure you know somebody. So the point is, is people like me have studied for years and years and years and years. And I'm actually not lying when I say I have 80,000 hours in injuries alone. Like I'm actually not lying about that. So there's a real reason why I have the word expert in my title. Cause I've literally done nothing but this and I've worked my ass off for it so that I can give you the information that's going to help you and keep you running well into your eighties. Like Roger Robinson, literally like Gary Corbett, literally. That's what we do here. Run for life. You're never going to do that. If you're running yourself out and tanking and damaging cardiac muscle and not knowing it, damaging kidney function and not knowing it because you're putting your body through way too much for no reason. Dina Castor does not associate running with anything negative. Listen to her interview on the, on the marathontrainingsummit.com. Go get your ticket. She doesn't associate it with that. We talk about that. Lisa Jung, How to Make Running Not Suck is the name of her book. Need to go get it. It's the beginner's marathon's guide. Literally. Or anybody who's become to have a bad, a bad relationship with running needs to go read it. Needs to go read it. There's so much information on this Marathon Training Summit that is busting the amount of myths and misconceptions that is not only just annoying, it's hurting people. You don't need to run more than 20 miles to run a marathon. Even Laura Sadal, Ironman triathlete champion, literally. She sits there and talks about how much you need to run to do a triathlon or an Ironman. And I'm not going to give it away because when she said it, I literally applauded her. Literally applauded her. And she is a current competing triathlon, triathlete, Ironman person. Currently competing. So, and she's world renowned. Ah, and she trains in Colorado, but she lives in Spain and New Zealand. <laughs> so there you go again with the hills and how important they are for training. So I hope this gives you some insight and maybe makes you feel a little more relaxed. That no, you don't have to put in all that mileage, but you need to put in consistent mileage. I'll say it again. You don't have to put in over 20 miles on one rate, on one run to run a marathon. You need to put in consistent mileage throughout the entire marathon training season for whatever that is for you, be it four or five or six months, whatever that is for you, you need to be consistent. That's what makes you run a successful marathon. That's what it is. Tapering, resting, giving your body that time to rest in conjunction with the proper mileage throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the season. That's how you run a successful 26.2. And then you can be like a run pain free runner and go to a wedding after or go party after or go to a dance club after or get on a plane the next day and go somewhere fun happens or you know what? Get up and go to work. (laughs) That happens too. Metal Monday is great when you can walk around and enjoy everything you just did. Talk to a run pain free runner. They know all about it. But that is it for me for today, everybody. Go get your ticket. MarathonTrainingSummit.com. Learn how you can be a better runner inside and out all around. You're listening to the Run Pain-Free Podcast, brought to you by the Run Pain-Free Academy, featuring biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Subscribe to us as you leave a positive review on iTunes.